It's a brand new day, and now I feel right. It's a brand new day, and now I see the light. It's a brand new thing, brand new bird, some brand new wings. Think I'm with the church. It's a brand new day, still got rhythm. Brand new day. Welcome to another edition of No Brains, No Headache podcast. This is episode 44 coming at you. I'm your host, Jordan Weichel, and I'll be joined shortly with my co-host, Matt Cleary. On today's show, we don't have a whole lot besides an interview with an NFL player, Brandon Zilstra, wide receiver, formerly for the Vikings and currently for the Panthers. He joined us for an awesome conversation about his journey to the NFL and everything involved. We then get into Cleary's comments where we banter about random things and follow that up with the Olympics of Irish things. Very much open for interpretation this week. I have a feeling insults are coming, so please beware. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on social media. We have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok at No Brains, No Headache Podcast or NBNH Podcast. You can listen on Apple and Spotify. Subscribe, rate, and review as always, or be sure to follow along so you don't miss any episodes. Tell your friends as well if you enjoy it because we love that. When you go over to our social media pages, you can also learn about an awesome company that Matt and I have teamed up with. No Brains, No Headache podcast meets Kong Beer Bong. The Kong Beer Bong is a can koozie and beer bong all in one. It's a newer company that cares about you at the party with summer 2021 ahead of us. you got to be prepared, and one way to do that is to order a Kong Beer Bong. You'll see the link in our bio on Instagram as well as on Twitter, and then there will be a link in the description of this episode as well. So we're making it easy for you. Go ahead, get yourself a Kong Beer Bong. It's an awesome company. They always make the good times better. Let's get it on. Okay. Let's party. Today we have the privilege of talking to someone we are very excited about. He played college football at Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota, then went on to play for Edmonton in the CFL before making it to the NFL with the Minnesota Vikings. He is currently a wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Brandon Zilstra, thank you so much for being here and taking the time for No Brains, No Headache podcast. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I just got to ask right away, where are you located right now? It looks sunny and it looks warm. I am in Charlotte right now, and my car reads 71 degrees, so it's definitely warmer. Nice. Definitely warmer than back home. And Charlotte is home of the Panthers, or is that that's where they play, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. You know, you say Carolina Panthers, it gets pretty vague. Yeah, it was so big, they need two states. <laughs> That's that's really it too. I think we kind of cover both of them. Absolutely. I know. I know. College teams are big down here, though. Oh yeah, you got that. You got that Clemson field down there almost. So before you got to the NFL with the Panthers, it all started back at Concordia. Uh, I have to ask, what in the hell is a cobber? <laughs> okay, so you know the cobber, you know the Concordia cobbers. So, um, I, I you know I I started at Augustana. Okay. Uh, Augustana, um, South Dakota, division, small division two school. Um, my brother went to Concordia. I literally knew nothing about it, but I got to the point at Augustana when I was ready to, uh, just, you know, make a change in my life. And so I hit up coach Terry Horan. I was like, Hey, you got a spot for me? And he's just like, yeah, of course, you know, you're always welcome. So I get down there. I find out our mascot's a corn cob. That's what a, that's what a cobber is. <laughs> our mascot's a corn cob. And then, uh, we ran a triple option. So I'm a receiver and a triple option at a division three school. So, um, probably should have done a little bit more research going into that, but you know what? I still made it here. So 
It's just all part of the journey. You just got to go with what you feel. That's how we do it. And it seems to be working out Absolutely. just fine. Um, if Absolutely. A, if a team were named the Toothpicks, would they be your biggest rival? Man, I don't know. <laughs> I just thought I'd ask. The, the whole Cobber thing, that's that's something that I usually don't tell a lot of people. I'm not super proud of that, that, uh, that nickname. It but, got, uh, you, got know, you where you are now and also absolutely, you absolutely you broke your foot or hurt your foot working at a the moorhead country club and that was your big setback in college does that have a funny story that goes with it uh funny probably not but uh <laughs> kind of a horror story for a lot of people uh, when i tell them so my head coach's wife worked at the country club so um i hit him up for a job i was like you know i need to make some money this off season and so I started working there and it's, I think we're, it was, I can actually tell the day it was July 11th. And, um, I was told to go mow like the greens. It was like this one hill by the greens and I was using what's called a fly mower. So a fly mower doesn't have wheels on it. You can kind of like the blade will spin and it almost kind of like hovers across the ground. And this is my first time ever using one. And they're just like, Oh yeah. You know, it kind of hovers across the ground. You can just literally just like whip it back and forth. And I was like, all right, cool. Easy enough. And so I get out there, I'm on the hill, it's still wet from the morning, and I slip. And when I slip, I fell backward and pulled the lawnmower over the top of my foot. And so it goes from, you know, a regular lawnmower to... And, uh, you know, I, I took the took the lawnmower and threw it off me. And I looked down, and I still have my shoe on. I don't know how graphic I can get here. Uh, I, took, I, I looked down, my shoe's still on, but yet I can see my bone. And I was like, that is not good. That's not okay. Um, so I took a few sprints up the hill then I realized I was like, ah, I don't know what I've done to this. Like I can see my bone. I probably shouldn't run on this. Um, then I immediately, cause I, I went to school for exercise science. Um, so I've had a lot of like those first aid classes and stuff and I didn't know how serious the injury was at the time. So I immediately just took off my shirt and tourniqueted my, tourniqueted my ankle, um, jumped on, jumped on the golf cart and then just got rushed to the hospital. And so that was a major setback. Um, something that wasn't fun to go through. Um, especially in the heat of the summer, um, all my friends are going out on the lakes, you know, training for football. We had a, a super good team, um, a team that was projected to make it super far into the division three playoffs. And so we are all looking, you know, so forward to this year. And then I had this, a setback that, uh, was, was super tough on me, you know, not only like physically, but, uh, um, mentally it, that, that one, that one definitely took a toll on me. Just, you know, all my friends are working to get better. And, you know, I sell, I always had these plans of, going to the NFL, even though I didn't really tell people these plans, I've, these plans were always like in my, in my process and my goals and whatnot. And uh, it, it just took a big chunk out of my summer. Well, it, it shows and, uh, a lot about your work ethic that if you nearly cut off your toes and your first <laughs> instinct is let's run a couple sprints, see if this bad boy still got it. Oh no, 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 no. That, that was me freaking, freaking out. That was me seeing see my foot and I said oh no and so I was just trying to get I was just trying to get back to uh like the golf cart as fast as possible and oh, so okay. I, I I sprinted up the hill and then I looked down again and I was like man I probably shouldn't run on this like I might snap something something probably is snapped I probably just have so much adrenaline I don't know what's going on right now yes a little thing called yes. adrenaline it'll put the pain <laughs> to the side I mean yeah yes it hurt of course it hurt but I think you know there was probably a little bit of shock and like you said adrenaline that uh nothing really hit me until I got to the hospital. Um, and at that point they have tweezers and they're picking all the dirt and grass out of it and stuff. And 
that's when I felt it. That's when I felt all of it. Okay, that question did not go as planned. Let's move on. <laughs> I, uh, I told you, I didn't know how graphic I was about to get there. I, I, I kept it PG. Well, Matt's journalistic integrity involves going to Wikipedia, finding the most interesting sentence, and asking about it. That was the most interesting sentence, apparently. <laughs> uh, but after, story. yeah, after you finally left Concordia, you're probably thankful. So you went on to the CFL. How did you get recognized by the CFL, or what was your path in between college and CFL? Yeah, so the CFL, I actually knew absolutely nothing about. Um, like I said, I, I decided it was, I mean, I decided when I was young, but I decided to really, really pursue it. I decided to really, really pursue uh, football like my junior year um, where I really started to dedicate my life and um, just kind of change all my habits and stuff so that I had one focus goal. And my quarterback at the time was Griffin Neal. Um, he was my quarterback my junior year. He went off to the German Football League. And um, while I finished up my senior year and over there, he had so much success. He was, you know, MVP of the league. He won the championship and everything. And then he hit me back up right after that season was over. He's like, Hey, I want to take a shot at the NFL. He's just like, are you still interested? And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I've talked to a couple different training facilities, but like, I really can't afford that. I was like, I, I can't afford to pay for this training. I don't have a scout or a agent to pay for anything. Um, I don't have any money myself. And uh, so I was just like, let's just, he told me, he's like, I found a quarterback coach out in Arizona. Let's just go figure it out. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, I have no other options right now. Like, I'm cool to do that. And so when we went down there, it was really like learning by failure. Um, it was so that like how the CFL came about is we were just looking for any opportunity we could to just get in front of coaches or scouts. And so we went on to all nine CFL teams, found out where their tryouts were. They host just tryouts. You pay $100. You go to this tryout. If they're good, they can invite you to camp or whatever. And so we found four of these tryouts, um, did all four of those. From those four tryouts, I actually had three contract offers. So, like, I was super excited about that. Um, but, you know, NFL was always my goal. So I went and did a thing called the NFL Regional Combine, which I don't think they have anymore. But that was another thing where you pay, I don't, I don't know, it was like 250 bucks, and you go work out. Um, there's a few scouts there, but what they tell you is that they they record everything and send it out to all 32 teams. So that's like your gateway, essentially. And then my last workout is I ended up somehow getting into the North Dakota State Pro Day when Carson Wentz was there. And so it was it was super nice to, you know, be a part of that because he had all 32 teams. You know, he was a potential first uh, first pick of the draft. So he had a lot of interest there. So I did my best to try to work with him. Um, I tried running with him for, for the pro day, but he already had his own plans or whatever. So um, a bunch of stuff went on. Long story short, I ended up taking one of the CFL routes. Um, NFL teams didn't really trust my college film and whatnot. So I was just like, you know what? I'm, I just need to take the CFL route, uh, try to put some good film out there, prove that I can play, you know, at a professional level and then just kind of see what that happens from there. So that's yeah long story short that's that, that's kind of how i got to the cfl well funny you mentioned carson wentz because matt and i go way back with carson uh we actually played t-ball oh, with yeah, carson bismarck. bismarck yeah yeah i played t-ball with him so we're basically the same athletic ability i would i would have to i think guess. i had a better on base percentage than him but i don't have the stats to back it up he is a ginger too so yeah <laughs> You know what? You can just make up stats. It's T-ball. You can say you struck him out 20 times and be like, yeah, I struck out Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you can make up all those stats. 
So what are some of the biggest differences in gameplay between the CFL and NFL? Like you said, you didn't know much about the CFL. What did you learn or what did you have to learn to adapt? Yeah, what I learned real quick, um, field size was like the number one thing. And then from transferring back, from going from American football to Canadian back to American, field size was the number one thing for me. What is the field um, size? It's like a hundred. Their, their field is 13. It's like 13 and a half yards wider. And then it's 110 yards long with 20 yard end zones. Okay. So if, if you can put all that into perspective. Yep. Um, but with the field being that much bigger, they have an extra man on offense and defense. Okay. So it's 12 on 12. Um, so that I would say that's the number one thing because there's just so much more space out there. Honestly, like after you kind of learn like the Canadian game, you realize that it's set up for the offense to succeed. It's set up for there it to be like a high-scoring game. Um, there, I couldn't tell you how many times my second year when I was there that there was two minutes left because they have like different stoppage rules. You know, it's only three downs versus a four-down league, um, so you could go one-two punt essentially. So like the turnovers a lot quicker, and there's a lot of stop ball stuff. Um, so like we'd have two minutes left, we might be down by 17 and we would come back and, you know, have a, have a final shot versus in the NFL. You would never, you'd never see that. Um, so that's honestly what made it kind of fun is you were never truly out of it. Um, that's something I really liked. Um, so, and they gave punters, that, they gave punters the opportunity to score. It's, they did. Yeah. You, you could get a rouge. Yep. I don't really know how they Single. score, but they can. <laughs> Yeah, so so how a kicker would score. So even if somebody missed a field goal, but you kicked it either through the end zone, and th this goes for a punt or a kick. If you kick it through the end zone or you kick it into the end zone and they don't return it out, you get one point. You get a rouge, it's called. Um, and so there was – every once in a while you see some super bizarre stuff when, you know, it's like a one-point game, and you might see us punt it – you might see – offense punted into the end zone and the defense will be back there. They don't want them to score. So they'll take the ball and punt it straight back to them. And you don't, you don't see something like that very often, but I, you know, I advise you guys to go check it out one time, go to, go to YouTube and go check out. Like it's, it's crazy how that stuff kind of happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just a bunch of little rules like that, that, that really took a minute to kind of understand, to fully understand the game. Well, one thing that most people probably recognize right away is that you're about 10 yards back and then you start before the, like, can you explain yes. that a little bit? Yep. So that is called the waggle. Um, the waggle works as, let's see, you have five receivers. There's two guys need to be on the line and they can go anywhere they want laterally along the line. So they can start on, on the sideline essentially, and then run all the way down to the tackles if they wanted. They have that entire free range to work. And then there'll be three other receivers that you can start really as far back as you want. Um, everybody, everybody's waggle is like a little bit different. Um, so for me, how I timed up for me to hit the line, at, you know, at the speed I wanted and everything, I was always seven yards back. Um, and like I said, everybody's different. Some people are four, some people are 10, but, uh, that's, that's something that like is easy as it sounds like there's so much technique to it. Um, and that's something that as I would play, I would constantly, constantly, constantly. I, I, I know for a fact I annoyed the, the older guys, the vets, because I asked them so many questions. But, you know, I was just trying to be great out there. Um, but I, I would ask them just, you know, tips on the waggle and whatnot. And so they would tell me little stuff like, 
you know, see if it's manners own, like walk around when you're back there while, you know, while the play still be put in or whatever. Well, there's a lot of time on the play clock, like just be walking around, see what's following you, see their leverage. Um, you don't always have to hit it at a straight point, like hit, hit your, your entry point at different angles. Um, like there's so many different things that's to it that I didn't understand right away. And once I figured that out, the game slowed down and got so easy for me and honestly fun. Like this when I played in the CFL, it was the most fun football I've ever played, hands down. Yeah, I feel like if I'm a linebacker and a wide receiver starts sprinting before the snap, I'm I, I'm just going to run backwards and try to Yeah, like cover ima- imagine Tyreek Hill running at you and you blink and he's like, oh, he's 40 <laughs> yards behind me. If, if, if Tyreek's up there, like I think he's below, he breaks every record up there. Like if you put speed like that, like it's it's just so hard to cover somebody that's running at you. Like what? That's that's tough. So you played for the uh, Edmonton Eskimos at the time. Uh, what's your take on the Eskimos? Yeah, as far as like the whole name change. Yeah, because we when we or, were researching just... you, I was like, hey, he plays for the Eskimos. Oh wait, they're not called the Eskimos anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> so I, I still have a bunch of friends out there. So I, I and I love the game so much. I have so much respect for the game. So I, I still follow it a lot. And so I've been trying to follow like all these different name changes and whatnot. And I honestly don't even know what they're at right now. I've seen so many different things. Um, I will forever know them as the Edmonton Eskimos. Like when I tell people, who'd you play for? I play for the Eskimos. I, I, I man, I don't know. I'm not trying to get you in I, trouble. I, I, I just yeah, have to ask. Yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's a fine line you want to walk right now anyway. Well, I went to UND and I will always call them Fighting Sioux until I die. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and didn't Edmonton, aren't they still trying to choose something within? That begins with E. Because... Yeah, because they have a sweet logo, so they gotta find something with yes. an E. And that, yeah. So that's that's something that they've definitely been trying. I think all the names they've kind of put up. So like, the Edmonton Empire is kind of. I, I think that started close to when I got up there, but it was just you know the the fan base, the following. And so when they said that they needed to change the the Eskimo name, I was just like, and I think a lot of people thought like. The Edmonton Empire like that's that's who they already are and that fits it's a double E it fits nicely and they kind of went away from that and now I've seen like the Elks and uh, I, I don't know the uh, entourage yeah, that's bad. yeah I don't know. <laughs> ex-brother-in-law so you don't have any replacement name suggestions right now I, I I've already like even I've voted for it um, I, I think I've tweeted about it a few times I think it should be Edmonton Empire I think it makes the most sense I think it's an easy transition. I don't think there's any kind of offense for anybody in that. What if we compromised at Edmonton Eskimo Bros? Very controversial, but I mean, I <laughs> what's wrong with brotherhood? <laughs> All right, let's enough about Canadian football. We had a Canadian on the other week, and if I start doing my Canadian impression, we will lose listeners by the minute. You went on the NFL. You played for the Vikings for a year. How awesome are the Vikings facilities? Unbelievable. Have you guys been? I've been to U.S. Bank Stadium, and then I follow them enough to know how good TCO Performance Center is. I took a picture outside of Mike Tice's parking spot when I was, like, 11, so pretty deep into Vikings culture. <laughs> uh, the, no, the facility, the, the facility, I'm not even talking about the stadium. Like, our, our work facility, our practice facility where you're at every day, um, Everything is just state of the art. Everything is brand new. There's so much space. It was a, a top notch facility. And then, you know, going from something like that to the Panthers, the Panthers have been around for what, 26 years now. 
and they've had they've obviously had the same building. Um, it was a it was a big adjustment for me because I went from having you know these twenty person whirlpools to a whirlpool now that can fit five people, four people. Um, so there's just a lot of adjustment like that. Like the technology with the Panthers is not there yet, but you know David Tepper has been he's been in the works of doing some some good stuff, and I know that he, he's putting up a facility right now, and I know I know it's going to be over the top, and I'm really excited for it. Yeah, as a Panthers fan, that is awesome to hear. Yo, I should really have some more like Vikings fan or Vikings questions prepared, but my only one before we can get into the Panthers discussion. Did you dream for playing for the Vikings, or did you like a different team growing up? Uh, I was a Vikings. I bled purple gold. I I grew up in the era of watching Randy Moss and Chris Carter, Dante Culpepper, Robert Smith, the Williams Wall, like like yes. all those guys, and I was I was obsessed with them. Randy, like I go watch. We, we go to church Sunday morning. I'd immediately come home, flip on the TV, watch all the pregame stuff. I had to watch Randy Moss and Chris Carter do the thing every Sunday. As soon as they were done, I'd go outside and I'd go practice my one-handed catches. I'd go tap, practice my toe taps on the sideline, just anything like that to try to emulate them. Great catch, homie. They were the reason that I wanted to play football. Moss! <laughs> yeah, I love Randy Moss. I'm glad you brought that up. I we're like basically the same age, yes. so we definitely grew up in the same era of watching Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and Randall Cunningham in 98, you know, getting your heart broken, then once again in 2012, then once again in 2017. I'm here with you, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, when the Vikings finally win a Super Bowl, I'll definitely uh, celebrate with you, and we'll have to have a virtual beer together to celebrate. Hey, I'm about it. Well, you're with the Panthers now, so let's not jump to conclusions. Uh <laughs> Getting into this year, going into like a coaching change and being part of that, was that transition something that you have done before in other football leagues or was that kind of just a different situation? Because you don't really hear a lot about transitioning to a different coach. Um, how was Matt Rule mm-hmm. coming in and all those new new faces? Yeah, so like well, just as far as like my journey, my career, I've had to deal with a lot of that stuff. Um, I've, I've been a, like a professional receiver now, if you count the CFL and everything, you know, I'm going on my fifth year now and I've had four or five different offensive playbooks, um, different old, old coordinators or other people would step in throughout the year, which happened in Minnesota. Um, so I've, I've been a big, a big, like learn on the fly adjustment guy. So with that being said, a lot of the NFL, a lot of your route concepts, a lot of that stuff is really the same. You just have to learn the new techno or new terminology. So as far as that, I mean, it's not it's not necessarily easy, but it is what it is. Like you gotta you gotta do it. You gotta figure out how to you know how it works for you. But um, as far as the coaching styles and stuff, that that's a big difference. Um, Coach Rule, you know, we we had OTAs with him um, that started up in April, so we were virtual with him on Zoom calls essentially for the first two and a half months or however long OTAs are. And so we, like, we got to learn a little bit about him, um, about his philosophies, his coaching style, what he's looking for in us as players, um, what he's kind of demanding out of us. And then to actually get in front of him and to see how he runs his practice and stuff. Like it was, it was, I'm not going to say it was easy. It was definitely an adjustment. Um, you know, he's coming from a, a college, a college program too, where he's had success turning two different programs around. So he literally took that same formula and brought it to us. Um, and so did it remind me of college a little bit? Yes. Did I, did I hate it? No. Cause it, like the way he's, the way he's coaching us now, he's looking for the best in us. He's trying to push us. He's trying to make us uncomfortable. 
Um, he's just trying to do things out, out of the ordinary because he wants to win. He is super competitive, and that's where a lot of guys, you know, if they don't, they might not agree with everything he does, but they respect him as a coach and as a man and see his competitive nature. So everybody kind of buys in in that sense. Yeah, if you can respect your coach, you can go a far away, no matter if you like him or not. Correct. Joe Brady, he was the guy I wanted to be the OC of the Panthers when they were looking. I've never actually heard him talk. Is he as much of a genius as people in the media make him out to be? I mean, yes. Like he, I'll give I'll give just a quick example. Um, he, he's first of all, he's a high energy guy. Like as as far as like he he knows the game so well and he knows what he wants to do so well that so we have our first fifteen plays that we kind of script out. Um, he'll he'll write out the first fifteen plays um, the day before our game, and so the night before our game we'll kind of go through all those plays and walk through all those plays, and he'll put them he'll put them up on like the overhead type thing, and he will go through the entire play without without looking at the screen. He'll go through the entire play what we expect to see on defense, like, and not just one defensive scheme. He'll, he's like, oh, you know, they're going to be in a three technique here or they're going to be in a five technique. If they're in a three technique, we're going to double team him up to the linebacker. Yeah, just he, he just knows so much detail. And, like, he would literally run through all 15 plays without looking at the screen once. But he would tell you the play we're going to run, the defense that goes with it, any adjustment we have to it. He'll go through the reads, like, you know, DJ, you're the first read on this to Curtis to Robbie. But he would do that for 15 plays straight. And stuff like that is when I'd sit back and be just be like, you'd love this game. Like, you'd love this game and you are good at it. Like, he, he just got a lot of my respect when I'd see that him do that every Saturday. Well, I think that answers our question uh, very in-depth. So thank you. Enough about the sports questions. Um, I do want to talk about... Minnesota life, but I will specify only in the summertime when it's warm. Uh, you have a big family as well. Do you guys all go to the lake cabin, or do you live on a lake? So growing up, we we grew up on a lake. Okay. Um, the lake we live on, we're like the only one that lives on our side. So it's a lake that's split in half by a road, and we're the only one. Growing up, we we're the only one that lived on our side. But like, it was a great fishing lake as far as skiing and stuff. It's not very deep. And now somebody brought in some like invasive weed and now it, you can basically walk across the lake because the weeds are so thick. So we kind of lock lost that, but there's so many different lakes around like the Spicer area where I grew up that that's, and when I say every single day, I mean every single day as a kid, we were on the lake, um, whether it was fishing, we're huge, huge, huge water skiers in the family. We used to do that competing. Uh, well, few of my brothers or one of my brothers still does that. Um, but yeah, it's fishing, floating on tubes, like you name it, we are doing it on the water. Yeah. I, I love going to the lake. That is my favorite. Yeah. There's what, nothing better. It's like, what's your favorite part? Is it the water activities that you get to do every day? Fishing and skiing? Yes. yes. Um, any, any day that I can be out on the water, you will see a permagrin on my face. Like I'm always happy. Yeah, I love those summer days where the sun's popping out. It's a nice, calm morning. You know, you fire up some breakfast. You get a look out at the lake, and then it starts to get hot enough. It's like, all right, let's go out on the boat. Let's go out on the pontoon, pack a cooler full of beers. Let's not come back till they're all gone. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you about the barefoot water skiing, just kind of scrolling through your Instagram. I see that your brother is very, very talented. Uh, crazy. How do you barefoot water ski? <laughs> uh, 
put your feet in the water and hang <laughs> on. Donuts go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't, th- that's something we got exposed to when we were re- when we were really young. So I think the video you probably saw on my Instagram. That's my youngest brother. He's 18 now. He learned to ski at two years old. Wow. Like, he was on the water as an infant, really, and then he just got super involved and super attached to it. And us all being competitive brothers, always trying to outdo each other and stuff. Um, it just got to the point where we were just constantly just like, what can we learn today? Like, let's, let's go out on the lake. What can, what can we do? What can I do to be better than you today? And it manifested into us doing all sorts of stuff that I probably shouldn't let football people know I do. Uh, how many brothers do you have coaches. and where do you fall I in have, line? I'm second of four total. So I have one that's 29. I'm about to be 28. Um, 24 and then 18. Yeah. Happy early birthday. Am I the first one? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Nailed it. Um, do you have any questions for us? I guess that's kind of all we have. We can let you get going. Uh, first of all, where are you guys located? Obviously Chicago. I'm assuming. No, 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 no. We are from Bismarck, North Dakota. Are you guys in Bismarck still? Yes, we are still in Bismarck. Okay. So why, why the Chicago sign? Uh, so, growing up in Bismarck, you get the luxury of choosing any sports team you want. So, true. Panthers fan. Yeah. Pan- Only one Panthers I know. Panthers fan and a Bears fan. Yeah. And then physically, we're in Matt's house. Matt is a homeowner as of last year. So, congratulations to him. Uh, congratulations. Real estate. I'm to be one too. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> real estate's pretty cheap uh, on a national level, I guess you could say, around here. So, yep. had an extra bedroom and. Podcast has been going well, so we decided to turn it into a studio. And yeah, actually, last week we had a guy on from Chicago, and he thought we were from Chicago as well because all the Cubs stuff. Well, you, it's very yeah, misleading. So like, how I put all that together is one, I see the Chicago sign, so I was just like, oh, you know, they're they're in Chicago right now, cool. But also, uh, my agency is based out of Chicago, so I figured that you guys just got connected that way or something. Nope. That I was just trying to, you know, put all the pieces of the puzzle together. Thankfully, you put the business email in your bio, so then I hit up, <laughs> is it Jamie? I hit up Jamie, or however you say his name, and then yep. that got forwarded to Maggie, who was kind enough to hook us okay. up. So thank you to yep. Priority Sports for helping us out with this. That's huge. How, people. Have you been with Priority your whole career? Uh, no. Funny, not funny story, but cool story <laughs> is I was with um, Blake Barrett before this, um, Blake Barrett is like Adam Thielen's agent. Yeah, I guess he's probably the most known guy for Minnesota guys. Um, but then, so Jamie, the guy you guys hit up, is actually my childhood best friend. Um, friends, best best friends since I was in preschool. I think he was one of my first friends. Um, he he was a, he was always a basketball player and whatnot, but he always kind of wanted to get into the agency game. And we used to always, like, he was always, like, my accountability partner growing up, always pushed each other to succeed in sports, succeed in life, always made promises to each other. Like, one of our promises that we made in seventh grade, and I still remember this, is that we wanted to work together in some facet. We always thought how cool it would be to be, you know, a player and an agent. And, uh, you know, manifest that 15 years down the road, and we just signed our first deal together. So I signed with him back in March, um, but we just signed our first deal technically together. Um, you know, last week or two weeks ago, whenever I signed. So that was a, it was honestly a pretty surreal feeling for us, for, I guess, for us in general, 
um, just two super small town kids. You know, we come from a population of 1,200, but um, I walk into the GM's office like to go sign my you know, my sheet to uh, extend with the Panthers, and it's mine and, you know, Jamie Moat, my best friend's name on there. And so that's when it kind of hit me. I was just like, you know, we, we made this plan in seventh grade, and now however many years later it manifested. So that was a, definitely a pretty cool story for us. It definitely things come full circle. Yeah, Something crazy, like that. That's crazy. that's insane. That's some inspiration yeah. for our listeners. If you manifest your dreams and then work hard, you can achieve them someday. So thank you for inspiring us and our listeners, Brandon. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, put limits on yourself. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Matt and I really appreciate it. And best of luck this year with the Panthers. Uh, hopefully we'll be calling your name a lot in the end zone this upcoming year. So thanks again for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. And I do have one last question for you guys. Yes. First touchdown I score next year. What's 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 my uh, what's my touchdown celebration? I need inspiration from you two. Um, I wish we had like a funnier dance. We were talking about dance moves earlier because we just started a TikTok page. Um, okay. I think you got to one up Josh Allen. I don't know if you have a cannon on you, but if you could throw a ball out of the stadium, you would instantly become everyone's favorite player. Other than that, though, you got to be something really original, like bring back the worm. How are you at dribbling a football? Uh, I'm a man of many talents. Okay, I'm thinking, and just hear me out here, I'm thinking like a slight step back jumper fadeaway and then like a Kobe thing. Everybody's doing Kobe stuff. You make. I would love, love, love to represent Kobe. You make. Yeah, like step. You know what I'm saying? You just you dribble the football. Yep. I know exactly where you're going with that. Yep. You uh, make Taylor Moten into the basketball hoop. Then you have the rest of the wide receivers and skill position players carry you like you're flying through the air. This seemed like a way better idea before I started explaining it. And you dunk it through Taylor Moten. I have an idea that's never you know, been done before. You put a permanent marker in your sock, and then you sign the football, and you throw it into the crowd. You got a flip phone buried in the end zone? No, I, I, I'll just, you know, we'll, we'll follow Randy Moss. We're just going to moon people, but do it for yeah, real. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could get arrested if I did that. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> yeah, but they wouldn't mistake you for Sasquatch. <laughs> Keep pounding. Uh, all right, thanks, guys. I'm now joined by my co-host, Matt Cleary. Matt, first of all, how are you? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful evening. What did you think of the Brandon Zilstra interview? I thought it was awesome. Absolute genuine guy. And you got to interview a player for your favorite NFL team. I mean, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's uh, definitely something I didn't think we'd be doing. Now let's shift gears a little bit. Do you care to comment on your performance last week? Uh, I like this. Uh, take you were this. like the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiving core. There's just drops left and right. Uh, I want to say I was like the guy that threw a no-hitter on LSD, but I did not throw a no-hitter. I got pulled in. Nor did you do any LSD. So. Uh, yeah, I got pulled in the second inning and shot outside the stadium. Good God. Well, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Let's get into Cleary's comments. Your name is Matt Cleary, so I think you should go first. Okay, well, it's a good segue with that drunken night I had because one of the notes I had in my phone for this Cleary's comments was, well, I got to read it verbatim because it is so stupid. 
but I think I, I found out what I was talking about. It's okay. all I wrote down was celebrity face punch cameo idea. And I think what I was meaning is that celebrities, it's like cameo, but you pay a celebrity and the celebrity gets to punch you in the face. I would think it'd be the other way around where you punch the celebrity. Well, see, I don't think celebrities would want to do that, but I, I, I would pay like to get punched by, I don't know. Someone that's not very big, but like a big celebrity. Yeah, just say I got punched in the face by him. But I have no idea where I was going with that when I was freaking 10 sheets to the wind. So I, I, just, I don't know. You know how Bob Barker always said at the end of uh, The Price is Right, please spay and neuter your pets. Do you, you remember that? Yeah. It was this classic line. Drew Carey kept it going. Well, good news. Good old Jordan here is here to tell you wear protection or practice social distancing during climax. Because it is not worth it when there's 80 decibels blaring in your ear because kids are screaming, all because you're a little tipsy on a Friday night with a little filly that broke your heart. A lot to unpack with that. I did not expect that. But I'm just going to jump into something completely different here. So there was an announcer in Oklahoma doing girls girls high school basketball kind of Tom Brenneman situation got caught on a hot mic and it's not funny what he said, but if you take it out of context, the first part, what he said is you don't know what they're doing. They were kneeling for the national anthem, but you didn't know what they were doing. And so, but the announcer just says, fuck them. I hope they lose, which I'm just like, (laughs) if I don't know what the team's doing, I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. I think if he stopped at fuck them, there's nothing wrong with that, but But because he's the announcer and he's not supposed to be biased towards a team. I think the fact that he says, I hope they lose really got him in trouble. No, but this fuck them was, was that was behind the line. He crossed the line when he said, I hope they lose. This story is like going the roller coaster, the slow tippy tippy to the top. And then he follows that up by using the N word like in full. Yes. And well, like to high school kids. And then the next day you're like, okay, this guy's like dead to the world. He's going to be working at Arby's the rest of his life. If he's lucky. And the next day comes out that he blamed it on his diabetes. Well, if he was eating your patented diabetes, then I mean, maybe he'd have an argument there. I, holy shit. It's but, like, that's like when Kevin Spacey, uh, said all those like uh, homophobic slurs, and then it, he like said it's because he thought he was gay, and it's like, okay, that's not how you patch up the wounds here when he's not a gay man. The the <laughs> excuses are just ridiculous. Like the amount of thought that has to go in, like the small decimal chance that like something like that could happen. Like I got caught hitting golf balls into a construction site, and I was hitting at a young age or like two days ago. No, this was I was like sixth or seventh grade i was just bombing golf balls over my fence into a very busy parking lot humble brag about your golf game I know, well the thing is i didn't think i was hitting them that far i thought they were just going to the construction site but they're flying them and my dad came out and he's like what the fuck are you doing I, i'm are we are we talking about a, what you did in the childhood in context of a guy using the n-word well, yeah, I'm, the, I'm no, just but failing no, to make the no, connection but, here. But the, the excuse I used is I was hitting a sand wedge and I kept blading them. I was hitting a five iron, just piping them over the fence. A sand wedge to like blade them is like once every five times. And it's the things you do to make up excuses was kind of the moral of the story. I know I did a fucking terrible job of. Yeah, you should not have like 
compared yourself to a guy who used the N-word. I mean, that's just kind of a rule it, of life. But it's like comparing apples to a handgun. Yeah, I know. I'm glad we're going over language because I started watching the movie Our Idiot Brother. I'm not going to lie. I was doing a, a nap movie where I was anticipating a nap, so I was just going to watch a boring, shitty movie. Turns out this movie is oddly hilarious, but I don't know where it stands politically because he's an organic farmer with a bisexual sister, but they say the word retard several times, and it's on Netflix. And I just want to be clear, I didn't use the R word. They used the R word. I was just telling you what word they used several times, and it's just all over the board diplomatically. I think 2021 Paul Rudd would roll over in his grave if he heard what our idiot brother Paul Rudd was referring to himself as. Is that the word the... His, his brother or sister or something is, like, really successful, and Paul Rudd comes home. Yeah, it's our idiot brother with Paul Rudd, and then he has three sisters, one of which is bisexual, like I mentioned prior. Okay, I think... One's I, successful, and one's just a stupid bitch getting cheated on by her stupid husband. Okay, I think I did do a nap movie with the same exact movie, but I fell asleep almost before the movie started, so I have no idea what happened. Well, it's one of those things, too, is that movie was probably made prior to... Cancel culture. Yeah, and what we do now, Netflix came out with that, like, it was like eight-year-old girls dancing show. Okay. That was, like, after cancel culture came out and they still put it up, it's like, okay, you're Netflix. You have so much going for you. Don't do dumb shit. It's like, literally, all you have to do is you can do serial killers. You can do basically anything you want. Just don't put up, like, eight-year-old girls dancing and objectifying them. What did they do? That exact thing. I mean, hey, I'm all for good jokes. I'm just very curious because uh, your morals have changed over the years, and it's just kind of odd to see, like, oh, this is okay then, but this isn't okay now. I think what my point is, it's just showing the hypocrisy. I, yeah, the oh, word- it was okay in 2011, but 2021, how dare you say those seven letters, mister? How dare you say those seven letters? I, th- there is things like that we did in high school that they would, if you did now in high school, they'd lock you away and throw away the key. Yeah, we mooned the entire student body. We would be in Guantanamo Bay eating cock meat sandwiches if we did that in 2021. Just getting it up your chili hole. One other part about the movie, though, is he named his dog Willie Nelson. <laughs> so the question becomes, what famous musician would you name your dog after? Oh, Chester Bennington. Who the fuck is Chester Bennington? Uh, the lead singer of Linkin Park. I th- I don't... Oh, fuck. I hope that's his last name. Okay. What famous musician would you name your dog after? I, I sh- should have specified. Yeah, Chester Bennington from Linkin Park. I would I, call him Chester. I would have to go John Denver all day long. Oh, having a good JD dog would be good because you got John Denver, John Dorian from Scrubs. No, I, I said John Denver. Not John Dorian. Well, what would you call him? John Denver. Like in the movie, he says Willie Nelson. I would say John Denver. The, get, get every your every time? His name is John Denver, Matt. Every, your cat's name is Sandwich. Do you call him Sandy? Yes. Or Sandwich? Or Sandman? Sandwich and Sandwich are the same fucking thing. It's I was like go- gotta and got to. Well, I was going to name him Mad Max. You bet. You betcha. I was going to name him Same shit. Mad Max Furry Road. Mayonnaise Miracle Whip. Nah, the Not same. the same. No. I was testing whoa, you. Whoa. I was testing yeah. you. Yeah. And you got it. Okay. So this was in the news. We were talking about movies. Bear. This bear that a drug smuggler dropped out 
cocaine out of a plane to not get caught. And what about a bear? The bear ate 70 pounds of cocaine. And then what, died? I don't know. I'm going to watch the movie about it. Like, I don't know that this happened. But the fact that this happened... Are you speaking English? I have no idea what you just said. Okay. A drug you said, like, bear, and then you're like, then it flew out of the plane. Okay. okay let's, so let's start over. Let me just... And for the record, Matt is not clearly nearly as drunk as he was last week, but he's still struggling to use the English language. I get so excited, and I'm just like, let me tell you why I suck as Matt, a salesman. you're sitting in your basement wearing a Brady Quinn's jersey and with a fake gold chain on. What are you excited about? Okay, so here's the... I'll premise it for you. A Colombian drug smuggler is flying a plane full of cocaine into the United States. It realizes that there's other planes around him. He's being guided in to an airport. So he throws the cocaine out the window of the plane. It hits the ground and a bear finds it. Do you think it'd be more of a hurl since it was 70 pounds? Not much as much of a throw. Would it be more of a hurl? I don't know this guy's athletic build. So. Okay, let's move on. I'm sorry. Maybe he was like the Colombian hammer thrower in the Olympics. Yep. But a bear eats 70 pounds of cocaine. I don't know like anything past that, but I am so intrigued by this. Like, I don't know. Would the bear die? Would his heart just stop? Would he go bananas? Well, that's that's the question because, you know, a human eats seven pounds of cocaine, let's say. Dead. I have a feeling you're gonna die. I'm not a medical doctor. Disclosure. Not an MD. I'll name my dog JD, though. As far as the cocaine's concerned, I don't know what's gonna happen to the bear. All I can think of is, like, just a terrifying bear that you come across and he just happened to eat 70 pounds of cocaine and you're like, I'm gonna outrun this bitch. <laughs> You can't outrun a bear as is, let alone a bear on with seventy pounds of cocaine in the old system. Well, there, there was when they were saying this. I'm like, this sounds like a modern day version of the Revenant, but I don't know enough about it to dispute it. I'm trying to think of like a say hello to my little friend bear joke, and it's just not happening. And okay, that this actually happened, and they're making a movie about it. Good. Yet they're making a third goddamn Willy Wonka movie. Oh, there's I, like there's ideas out there. Why aren't they doing them? Are they going to use the bear from Semi Pro? Dewey. I think that's actually Brutus the Grizzly Bear. He was on Oprah. I'm actually a pretty big fan of him. Yeah, Oprah is just a woman of the people as of late. We're not even going to get into that because I have no fucking clue what's going on with the royal family and Oprah. Hopefully somebody does. Uh, let us know. Email us. Or you can check out our TikTok page and message us there. Do they allow messages on TikTok? I don't understand TikTok. Uh, yeah, I think they do. Okay, on TikTok at NBNH Podcast. But now that we have TikTok, Matt, the platform, I can't stop calling it the talk. And I know that just upsets you, just judging by the look on your face. Can we call it the talk? How do you I spell TikTok officially? T I K. Uh, capital T. You know I'm terrible. I spelled beer wrong last week. Yeah, but you also drank half your body weight last week before trying to spell beer, so there's a little bit of leeway. You're only human, Matt. You're only human. Capital T-I-K, small t-o-k. Go ahead and fly over to our Twitter 
or Instagram. You can find us at NBNH Podcast on Twitter or No Brains No Headache Podcast on Instagram. We're doing a lot of exciting things in the future. You really need to get after it because we are growing fast. Get on board and ride this train with us. Was that a conductor thing? All aboard the Matt train? Sounds a lot like the plot of the second human centipede. Let's talk about basketball players who wear short sleeve white t-shirts under their jersey. Now, Matt, I know you respect this move, so I guess I'm just wondering how much do you respect the white short sleeve t-shirt under the basketball jersey? And you know exactly what I'm talking about. How how big of a white t-shirt, though? Uh, if it's not oversized, then why are you wearing a white short sleeve t-shirt? Those, like the athletic wear, the the different material, that skin tight? No. Get that shit out of here. If you wear one of those shirts, you deserve to be at the end of the bench. See, basketball is one of those weird things with all of the different changes in, like, shooting sleeves weren't a thing in 2003. Or just wearing a sleeve over your entire body. Oh, yeah, right now it's, the guys are wearing full-on, like, ghillie suits when they play. Some guy, uh, (laughs) San Diego State, when Kawhi Leonard was there, there was, like, three guys that wore long sleeve shirts. It's like a fucking Navy SEAL ready for a raid on Al-Qaeda. And just LeBron's like, dude, where did you get those elbow pads, bro? Yeah, well, it's like the NFL guys wearing hoods. I guarantee it's illegal in the NBA or people would be wearing hoods. It's illegal in the NBA to I'm assuming, wear a hood? I'm assuming just because it's flopping out or something, you can catch your hand on it or something. Oh, like on the court. I thought yeah. you were talking warm Like just, ha- just having like a hood flop around. Yeah. I thought you were talking warm no. which we should talk about at some point because yeah. let's, all right, let's white t-shirts oversized under the jersey. Who are some of your inspirations for that? And did you do that yourself as a young Actually, basketball uh, player? So my inspiration for my undershirt was JJ Redick. So it was the white t-shirt, but it cut okay. off by yourself, but the, the wings kind of stuck out. And JJ switched it up too, which I respect. He would either go with like the oversized, like down to your elbow or like the half cut off, which I, I like it when a player keeps you on edge in that sense. It's a mental game. The best about JJ is well, you could see like the threads, like he clearly did it himself. Yeah, he grabbed the scissor from the training room right before tip-off and made that undershirt. I gotta see what I'm and wearing. And that's a man who's resourceful. I, I did an Instagram of one of... Well, Oh, I know. God, I'm wearing an Under Armour short-sleeve white shirt. Yeah, but it's not skin-tight, which... Yeah, it probably was, air, though, because that was in the fifth grade, and I got really fat in the sixth grade, so it became skin-tight. Well, I know that guy, Svee... Uh, he used to play for Kansas, and he just got signed by, like, the Thunder. Oh, with, with the last name, like, Michalak. Yeah, he was an yeah. international uh, yeah, you know, from success. The, he's from the Ukraine, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. He, that guy, when he packed his bag to come over to America, his mom bought him 10 oversized white short sleeve t-shirts. <laughs> just went, and that's what he wore <laughs> went, every went, game. Went to Target, he, like, opens his suitcase, and they're like, Quad XL white t-shirts still in the package. Wa-woo-wee-woo. I love America. <laughs> I go to America! <laughs> it's such a power move to wear the oversized white t-shirt under the jersey. And it's better if the jersey doesn't complement the white as at all. I know that's hard to do, but like... Just like a black jersey, for example, and you're just popping with the white sleeves. Oh, and there's always the guy like that's either the end of the bench or second to the end of the bench that has like two shooting sleeves, leggings going down, headband, armbands over his shooting sleeves. 
how have like the late nineties uh warm up suits how have those not come back? They're jumpsuits, but you wear them during the warm-ups. You know, you know which ones I'm talking about. You can rip off the pants. Oh. And then you got, like, a track jacket up top that's just fucking popping. If anything, if we get to a point where we can have NBNH rip-away pants. Yeah, that's basically our first piece of merchandise. Fuck T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. How much? I mean, it, all right, do you want to pay $199 for these rip-away pants? Because we did, and they're awesome. Because we did, and we are operating at a loss. (laughs) Matt took a second mortgage on his house. Totally worth it. For the rip-away pants, and then we might as well just order some oversized short-sleeve white t-shirts on top of that. Another thing I was thinking about this week, if I were a cop. Oh, God. Because I remember I went went to my student counselor in high school one time. Give me a uh, liter of cola. I don't want a large farva. <laughs> and I had this pamphlet and I found it when I was going through some shit at my mom's house and it was being a state trooper. And I was like, I would be the most corrupt cop ever. No, I just don't think you would. No, like not like tickets, corrupt, corrupt. But I think I'd be like, I would do absolutely fucking nothing. I would be the guy in super troopers that has a dummy in his car and he like You're is fishing, fishing, yeah. And then he's like, "How many tickets do you write this this month?" I don't know, like fifty three. You wrote three tickets. I just think I'd be such a terrible cop. This is the kind of cop you'd be. Yeah, we should get some real beers. Can I have thirteen beers to go, please. You always take a call at a bar because worst case scenario, you get a beer out of the deal. <laughs> that that is on my life mottos. If I was a cop, we need to get a cop on as guest and pry all the questions as much as we can. I've seen a bunch of like uh, X amount of steps to success, like Instagram posts. You see like, you know, business accounts or just like trying to inspire like, you know what I'm talking about? Where they're like, wake up at 418 in the morning. Don't touch your phone for six hours. Meditate for eight hours. The most ridiculous one I've seen. It's take a cold shower. How in the fuck is a cold shower going to help me achieve success? Because all the cold shower is going to do, Matt, is put me in a terrible fucking mood and make me want to crawl back into bed to warm up from the cold shower. Uh, a cold, cold shower is fucking miserable. Wake up at 5 a.m., meditate. It's like, okay, I can get on board with those two. Cold shower. It's like, yeah, no, I'd rather just eat fucking porridge for the rest of my life. Oh, my God. It just sounds miserable. Like, the only thing I think of a cold shower is, like... Jumping into the Missouri River. Yeah, if you need a boner to go down or something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's going to shrink your confidence if you take a cold shower to start your day. I personally like to start my day other ways. The opposite of a cold (laughs) shower. Literally, like, a (laughs) cold shower is 100. You might be at a zero with them. I don't know how these people are reaching success because they're in terrible fucking mood, so... If being an asshole is mean success, then yes, take cold showers and be in a terrible mood all day. <laughs> I, that's, that's such a good... Like, who does that? I could understand a cold shower maybe if, okay... If you're like a heavy weightlifter. Get out of a sauna, immediately step into a cold shower. Yeah. Something, something like recovery shit, but if now they have... it's like metabolically advantageous for you, then yeah, cold showers I'm all for, but... but metabolically in the morning, I want to get clean and I want to like... I don't want to freeze my tits off and then go to work with a ball sack that's, like, up into my intestines. Yeah, exactly. It shrinks your confidence. So I 
I was correlating foods. For some reason this week, it was like, I've had this. What does it make me think of? Poor man's nachos. But I was relating it to like TV shows and movies. Like diners, drive-ins, and dives. But what it makes what it makes me think of, and I have the most, like, some of the really random ones. Okay. I'm, I'm listening. And one of the most random ones I thought of is Hot Fudge Sunday Pop-Tarts. Makes me think of the movie RV with Robin Williams. I, I don't know if you've seen it. It's oh, I have seen it. Not very good, but. It's funny. It's it's okay, but I, I love the guy that's in the other RV, and he's like, wait, you went to Stanford? Or I love all the people when he's trying to empty out the septic system of the <laughs> thing. It's disgusting, but it's it's just so funny how they keep doing it, and then there's just a whole show there. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want you to get off subject, Matt. But, but yeah, it, it was just one of those things. It's like that's the most random correlation of stuff. Also, like getting back to the movie RV, uh, Josh Hutchinson <laughs> is his kid, God. and he thinks he's, like, black. Yo, he's just <laughs> rapping the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and he like they're in that mobile home park that's like in a wooded forest for some reason, and he goes to play basketball with those guys. We need to bring the sweatbands back, like in the movie Accepted too. And I know that guy in the RV movie. They wear sweatbands, not the head ones, the arm ones. And oh like, yeah. I need fucking eight. Oh, I don't know if I'd do eight. I would. I would like like two or like two big ones on my wrists. You're not gonna do eight. No, we're not gonna bring it back. I, I guess. No, I feel like with my skin that would make it weird. Let's get into Olympics this week. Going with the Olympics of Irish things or Irish uh, stuff. anything, Irish anything. As you may know, our Olympics are always open for interpretation and we stress the importance of personal preference. I had to play a little bit of Irish music. Before we get into the Olympics, how classic is it to walk into a pub and drop kick Murphy's just blaring your ears off? Every single Irish pub I've ever gone into, drop kick Murphy is probably every third song. It's just like, or going, what is it, going out to, oh yeah, it's going out to Boston or whatever by drop kick Murphy's. By drop kick Murphy. Yeah, I was like, go out to Boston. Everything, <laughs> everything circles back to your ears bleeding because drop kick Murphy's don't know how to set their audio when they record all right so the olympics how they work is we take a topic this week is the olympics of irish things sometimes they're really broad sometimes they're really specific but it's all about personal preference so what you do is you take your favorites or your not favorites and your not favorite would be a disqualified and then your favorites would be lost in the medal round bronze silver and gold we work in ascending order the disqualified is optional i have one this week do you? I, I also have one, but I want to get going with a joke. Okay, man, I have a, as a joke. I have ready a great to go. Irish joke, and it's a story one. So the not Irish. Okay, but this is one of my favorite jokes to tell, and sometimes I do it well, sometimes I don't. So bear with me. Can I take a drink of beer first? Yeah, absolutely. Preface okay. this. I'm glad you know what preface means. A lot of time you use preface wrong. You use preface when you're ending the story. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not very good with words. A man walks into a London bar. He sits down. Bartender comes up to him like he orders a Guinness. Okay. Guy next to him is also drinking a Guinness. And he goes, oh, yeah, from Ireland. He's like, oh, me too. Where are you from? He's like, Dublin. No. I'm from Dublin too. Where, where are you done? 
down in Dublin. He's like, oh, I'm down in the old town. No, I, I grew up in the old town too. What street did you grow up on? He goes, oh, third street. Other guy looks over at him. He goes, no, I grew up on third street. He goes, what house did you live in? He goes, 214. Guy looks at him and goes, no, I grew up in 214. Another bartender walks in for a ship shift change goes hey how's it going today man goes i don't know it's gonna be a long night the shameless twins are drunk again (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were gonna say what did i think you're gonna say i'm a little irish boy i don't know that was a good joke that's i thought no i thought you were gonna say he was talking to a mirror and the guy was just so drunk that he kept like finishing his own sentences i also thought you're gonna say you sound like y'all from London. <laughs> Olympics of Irish things since Matt got us started with the joke. Do you want me to start with my disqualified? Big time. My disqualification is leprechauns. They're fucking terrifying. Plus, if you take away their magic, they wouldn't be a very good competitive Olympic athlete. Yeah, and the movie Leprechaun is just so bad. And I am the leprechaun. Have you ever seen any of the movie? Leprechaun? No, I just saw the Wayne's World reenactment of the leprechaun. Oh, watch like one of them. It's they're f- kind of funny. They're so bad, but oh, fuck my DQ. And this, this might hit a lot of Irish people the wrong way, but ah, Guinness. I think Guinness sucks. You're, you're disqualifying Guinness in the Olympics of Irish things. Yep. I don't like Guinness. It is, Thick. It's a milkshake. The only thing I like Guinness in is Irish car bombs. You're probably going to DQ apple pie and baseball if we did the Olympics of America. So Okay, I'll just get right into my lost in the metal round. My lost in the metal round is croquet. Croquet, croquet is Irish? Croquet was invented in Ireland, and it is such an underrated game. If you actually play a game of croquet, it is fucking riveting yeah croquet is awesome if you actually go through it i play croquet out there yeah it's such a fun game and it's it's one of those things you see like old people or preppy people doing like no croquet is cheap as shit just buy a cup you buy them at thrift stores people throw those shit away buy them it's like that and bocce ball are just yard games you need to play i'm glad you said bocce ball because that's exactly what i was thinking excellent pick i clearly don't know much about ireland I didn't know croquet was Irish. My lost in the meta round. The look of the Irish Disney Channel original movie. Um, it would be higher, but it turns out movies that were good when you were 10 aren't very good when you're 27. Shocking. So lost in the metal round. The luck of the Irish. I'm going to watch it this week. Love the pick, Jordan. Love the pick. My bronze medal. Onto the podium. Colin Farrell. Also did not know he was Irish. Colin Farrell, Irish, and very good looking. Kind of have a little man crush on him. Like, two of the things I love him in are, one, SWAT. SWAT is one of my... Such a good movie. It, it's, it is a great movie. Like, Samuel L. Jackson, you got Jeremy Renner being a douche. Colin Farrell, complete black, badass. The chick from Fast and the Furious. Letty. Letty. I was going to say Remy. Um... Yeah, and then another one, like, his cameo in an episode of Scrubs is fantastic. Yeah, they could have Hitler in Scrubs and you'd like him. But they're like, just just, just say it. He's like, I'm not going to say it. He's like, just say it. He's like, fine. 
Heart, showers, and horseshoes, clovers, and balloons. And like, <laughs> I told you he would say it. Excellent pick. My bronze medal for the Olympics of Irish things. Names. Irish names. Your Matt Cleary, for example. I'm the clan O'Cleary. I'm a little Irish boy. Look at me. Deedle dee, deedle do. Irish names are awesome. I don't know why you don't legally change your name to Matthew O. Apostrophe Cleary. You got to respect the fact that you can just see a name and you automatically know, like, country of origin. Yeah, like a Ryan or... But you, and then if you put an O in front of it, it's like, oh, okay, that O, that makes sense. I, I, while people think there's a lot of, like, O or MC names, there isn't any of them, but if there... There isn't a lot of them, but if there is some, they are Irish. Yeah. O'Reilly's Irish Pub, Grand Forks, North Dakota. Had plenty of drinks there. Fun fact, fun little story about Guinness that just came to me. I did an Irish car bomb once, and I did it and completed it in entirety. And then I got the old mouth sweats, and I nonchalantly walked to the bathroom, but I was almost too nonchalant because when I turned the corner into the bathroom, I projectile vomited all over the two urinals, walked back to the bar like nothing happened, Another buddy comes up and says, hey, do you want to do an Irish car bomb? I said, yeah, let's do it. And then another buddy comes up and goes, somebody just puked all over the bathroom. <laughs> and I did my second Irish car bomb, and I had a really good night. Oh, I just yeah. had to clear some space. I didn't buy either of them. <laughs> somebody okay. just puked all over the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> Fucker can't hold his booze. <laughs> Got two Irish car bombs and I car bombed out of my mouth. Well, it's, the thing too is that the the Guinness and I think it's is it Guinness and Jameson or whatever's in there it curdles in your mouth. So if you don't get it all the way down, chase it down or something, it's coming right back up. My silver medal is the Irish flag. It's iconic. Everyone knows what you're talking about when you see an Irish flag. It's not like a true green. It's a different green. It's not like a true orange. It's a different orange. Yeah, it's it's, it's a great flag. I would give it second best flag next to the 50 stars of the U.S. of A. But it is a phenomenal flag. You see it. It's iconic. Give me the Irish flag any day of the week. I'm glad you said that. It actually came on my radar, and I agree with all of your reasons. So no arguments here my silver medal fuck with you fuck your message yes like i don't type the blokes mate it's not my thing okay conor mcgregor i couldn't make this list and not have conor mcgregor on my list i'm not a huge ufc fan per se but i just love his personality it's larger than life sometimes he's an idiot sometimes he looks like a genius but he's done a lot for ireland he's a international sensation and one of the most popular UFC fighters of all time. So Conor McGregor. Yeah, you have to respect Conor McGregor. He does everything right when it comes to making him money. Oh, yeah. That guy could not work another day in his life, and the next six generations of his family does not have to do anything. Yeah, he's a hard worker, and I respect that. And it, it, it actually feeds into my gold medal because my gold medal is Jameson Irish Whiskey. And Conor McGregor has his proper 12. It is Jameson's up here. You got Kirkland and Bushmills Jesus. right below it. Kirkland? No, it's, it's actually a pretty decent Irish whiskey. 50 feet of shit, and then there's proper 12. Proper 12 is fucking terrible. But 
Jameson whiskey is something I will never get tired of drinking. It is. It mixes well. It's good straight. It's one of those things. Just, just give it to me, and it knocks you on your tits. And it is a great drink. My gold medal is an Irish goodbye, and what better way to explore that than? So Jordan went to piss. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it going here. He'll probably cut this out, but Jordan's doing Irish goodbyes, and Irish goodbyes is when. You basically just leave something without telling anyone or leave something early. And I am the LeBron James of Irish goodbyes. I think it's kind of funny when I just leave, but I say kind of funny and people are like genuinely worried about like, oh God, where'd Mac go? I've been sleeping in my bed for two hours. I just creep on home. I leave the bar. All right, sorry I Irish goodbye, but that's one way to explain your gold medal in the Olympics of oh, when, Irish things. When you were gone, I did a great job of talking. Probably edit all of that out because I'm very dumb. Okay, I'm sorry I had to Irish goodbye, but good Lord, I kept bonging beers earlier for the Kong beer bong. Since Matt and I started that, we don't drink beer without conging it first. And I had to piss. Irish goodbye, what you do is you don't tell anyone you're leaving. You don't tell anyone anything. All you do is leave. Then your friends find out later. It's awesome. You're at home, safe and sound, sleeping. You're flying under the radar. Get a good night's rest. Irish goodbye. It's good in any situation. Moss. Randy Moss is in for a touchdown. Oh, Al Harris playing off. Bit up. On the route, and Randy Moss, without even really being able to run, as he shoots the moon to the fans here in Green Bay. That is a disgusting act. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much, Brandon, for coming on for the interview. Matt, we interviewed a Carolina Panthers player. How does that make you feel? Excited, pumped for next season. Head over to our social media accounts at No Brains No Headache Podcast on Instagram and at NBNH Podcast everywhere else. Check out our link in our Instagram bio to get in on our NBNH bracket challenge for March Madness. Giving away some prizes, free to enter. We'll be tweeting it out. It's on everything social media. What are some of the prizes, Matt? Uh, currently, right now, I have a Plaxico Burris signed picture, but I'm going to get a couple more to. Give out, give give some stuff away. Who do you think is going to win it all right now? I think Illinois got it. Really? Yeah. You're not going to go with Gonzaga, the heavy favorite? I have them losing to Illinois in the finals. Oh, perfect. Well, if you think you're going to beat us in the bracket challenge, head over there, get entered. You can win the Plaxico Burst. Signed picture. I know it's more than just first place winning something, so it should be a lot of fun. Can't wait for March Madness to get started. Looking forward to next week, we have a guest host very close to the show joining us, and we will be doing the Olympics of Biggest Sports Letdowns, so it should be a really good one. Championship. Great cash, homie.